With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Sims. All right, okay, episode 63 of the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Do you got one? Yo, kid. Oh, 63. Well, I could always come up with a minute. I think Hank Fraley were 63, old center for the Eagles. You can't give me with the I think crap. First of all, Carl Nelson, my dad's left tackle back with the Giants. 63, another great one. This is off the top of my head. This is what a great numbers kind of sewer I am. Just Gene Upshaw. Was he? Yes, Hall That's of Fame really Lyman. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Number one player on the sports reference page. Was Gene Upshaw? Or 63. Yeah. Hendrick, who is your 63? Uh, I just had the page pulled up. I also have Mike Munchak here. I don't oh, have that's a, a good one. Myself. That was my old coach. Well, we, were actually, we were watching an old game in the kitchen, and it was like, what team was he on? Uh, the Oilers. No. No, in college. Oh, uh, no. M- Munchak is that. He's from Pitt. Yeah. Pittsburgh. No, and he Penn was State. Penn State. Penn State, State and they were me. playing Dan Marino. Right, Dan so Marino looked Pitt. like such a mess in college. It was awesome. With like his Jerry Curls hanging out. Sticky fingers. Good to have the stinky fingers back. Control room. Hello, you beautiful people. Oh, hey, hey. Yep, everyone's awake in there. Good to see you. <laughs> All right, so let me take you through what we got. I actually think this is going to be a very fun episode. Oh, look at this. And now we got, we got Rick You're Buecher You're going to intro everybody in. else. Hey, can you close the door, please? Though? Yeah, what are you, I mean, we're trying to do a podcast here. Yeah. Were you born in a barn? Yeah. I know you guys are talking NBA later. Yes. And I know I was supposed to come on then. But, you but I decided, flight. screw it. As long as he's going to be a walking Esquire magazine, let me give you fashion tips. Let me give you dietary tips. Let me tell you about the agave. Uh, I figured, you know what, <laughs> screw it. I can come in here and I can talk no anytime doubt. I want. You can. And, and I don't want to stay long. It's Good. just, it's a... <laughs> It's a follow-up from a conversation we were having because I heard right. through Lefko right. that you were dissing my man Draymond Green. He thinks Draymond Green <laughs> is the most overrated player in the NBA. That's, see, that's how he sold it. You were telling me, I didn't really diss him. I, I don't just know if those words came out of him. All I know is they said he's not in the top ten. All that's I know what I said. And you're right, he's up. in the top five. Uh, I don't know uh, about that. What? He should be he should be all NBA first team. Now you, that's a little bit different right. because you have positions. Right. But when I look at the center position, yes. and you have to pick a center. Yeah. Right. I'm not picking Andre Drummond. I'm not picking DeMarcus Cousins. I'm not picking Dwight Howard. I'm not leaving Draymond Green out of the first team Ugh. for one of those guys, considering when they play small, right. he ends up playing the five. Right. Now, you have the competition at the forward positions. You have Kevin Durant. You have Kawhi Leonard. Right. You have Draymond Green. You have LaMarcus Aldridge. You, uh, I'm not putting What are you going to put in? What? Yeah, he I'm loves LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I love LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, yeah. It might be a Texas thing. You know, <laughs> I think that might be. Yeah. I think that might be All it. I'm saying is, if you had the top ten picks of any players in the NBA... I'm not taking Draymond Green with the top ten. And that's what I went. Now, top, you're right. Maybe with a team-oriented thing? Yes. That is a little different discussion. But I don't think I could take him as far as NBA. I could start my team, ten players off the board. You're I don't think. You're going to go LeBron, Steph, Kawhi. Who else are you putting in Well, there? I mean, I'm uh, Westbrook. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Durant. Uh, Durant, yes. Um, and then you get into conversations where, yeah, it can get interesting. Well, he, he, threw Kyrie, he, he threw Kyrie out there at one point. I did throw Kyrie yeah. out there. You're right. You I, wouldn't do that. I, or what uh, play over what him, about, too. Yeah, Chris Paul. My other thing, too, is, like, I look at a guy, like, and I go, okay, Blake Griffin. We're not going to say he's in the top ten. I understand that. Right. But, I mean, I think if we put Blake Griffin – on the Golden State Warriors instead of Draymond Green, we'd all be going, you know, he's one of the five or six best players I in the I think the Warriors are so – So the, that's where I like get conflicted. But I doubt to you, I, I mean, with that top – this, this is the part that makes it difficult with Draymond. Button, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to go after this. But Draymond, the intangibles are off the charts. And, right. when, and of those guys that you mentioned, yeah. and we, we had this discussion, he's 
he's a better two-way player than Steph Curry is. He's a better two-way player than Russ Westbrook is. He's a better two-way player than Kevin Durant is. And I could make the case right. he's a better two-way player than Kawhi Leonard. That was the one that shocked me when you said that. Yeah, because of his playmaking ability. Right. Like the problem that the, that the Spurs had down the stretch, and right. the reason they weren't going to Kawhi Leonard to win that pivotal game five, right. which shocked me. Right. They went to Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. It was so weird. It's because... Kawhi can get his one-on-one, and he can stop guys one-on-one. Right. But Draymond will playmake. He'll either play the make pick the and big roll, drive, make the right pass, make the both shot. Both offensively and defensively, right. yeah. he's going to make the guys around him better. Mm. And you, you can, I mean, if you want to go to analytics, look at what Steph Curry is as a pick-and-roll defender with Draymond right. and without Draymond. Mm. Right. He allows Steph Curry to be on the floor. And when you look at the pivotal game in the overtime game where Steph had his his miraculous 17 yes. points in overtime, right. Draymond Green's defensive effort right. through the first 48 minutes, you're not in overtime oh, if he's not stopping, Dame Lillard, stopping Lillard. I mean... He, whoever needed to be stopped at yeah. the time, yeah. he did it. My, and my thing is, it's really funny. Is I just why can't do we have this I hear you there. Why do we you. have this fascination in sports that when a team is doing really well, we're obsessed with figuring out who gets all the credit for yeah. it, when really it's like this amazing system. Like, it's the Scottie Pippen story. We're going to spend the entire time going, what did he really do for Jordan? Yeah. Like, it's the same thing right now with Durant and Westbrook. Man, they're amazing. Yeah. Billy Donovan, did they just mature at the right time and it happened to be this year, or was it him? And we never just back and go, they just got it going on. We have to like pick and pry yes. all the time. Yes, and yeah. find that order. And the truth of it is, it's all of those pieces coming together. Yes. And it's everybody being content with the part that they are playing. Because there's right. always a limit to when there's one guy. Uh, Allen Iverson led the team and they won one game and that was as far as he could go. Yeah, He led the team. These guys have the See, teams, the units. See, I disagree with that. I think the reason they went as far as they did is because all the other guys said, not that they were great talents, but we're going to do all the dirty work right. stuff. Yeah. And we're going to let Allen be Allen. Oh, right. That was amazing. And so, but I don't want to discount what those guys did yeah, the dirty to work. allow him to be right. that. You have yeah. to have guys who go, I'm not going to get shot, sure. but I'm just going to defend. Right. Guess, what? And Guess what? You're that guy. It was really great to see you. That was awesome. <laughs> what a jerk. Hey, yeah. man. No, no, no. I mean, guys, it was perfect. You guys, it was great. You got we, other guests? You got, no. <laughs> well, you're fine back on the West Coast you know, right now. He's got, what's that? What time's your flight? I'm pretty much, yes. I'm headed Good to the Good luck. New York traffic's a lot of fun today. I told him to take the train. I he doesn't want to take the train. It this Holy morning. cow. I know. He's, he's like... I said to take he, NJ New Transit he goes, N- to no, no, no. Newark Airport. It drops you off right there. This is what he said. I think the train is a disaster. Grab New Jersey can't. He goes, NJ Transit, it's the best. It is the best to get to Newark Airport. That's your next promo. No, you, it's so actually a great transition. I totally, I, you know, building a team, I would want Draymond on my team. Give me 10 picks. I'm not taking him in the top 10. I don't care what you say. All right. All right. That's I'll good. see you soon. See you. Be good. Uh, I hear you had a good I'm a warrior experience today. Oh, my gosh, dude. I mean, I'm just telling you, the, the world is just full of idiots right now. It's, it's unbelievable. So what happened? Well, th- What time were you supposed to get here today? I, We're shooting this, and it's about 1.45. I am on the 9 o'clock train. I usually 9 a.m. 9 a.m. train. I usually walk in the office around 10.15 to 10.30. You walk in, you go, hey, f***ers. Exactly right. There we go. That's how my day starts. Write it down. Well, I was... I didn't get off the train. I got on the train at 9 o'clock. I didn't get off the train until 12.11 today. Three-hour train ride because there was a fire last night. I didn't watch the news last night. I watched Cavs Raptors, went to bed. Uh, but there's only one track working, and it was a disaster. Some brilliant person decided to put flammable. The city of New York let some company store flammable substances underneath mass transit. A million people go in and out of Grand Central every day. They just said, let's put some stuff that can burn and kill everybody below them. When did, did you find this out while you were on the train? Did you look it up? I found it out because I looked at the train schedule and I go, why am I making every stop? Because I wasn't on the express train. We were stopping all these other towns. Yeah. And, I, and I looked at the train thing, the train app, and it said, uh, no, no uh, express trains today. 
it's a Saturday schedule because of the fire on 108th Street. Are you Street. a kind of person that when it's happening, you're like, can you believe this? Are you kidding? Or are you sitting there stewing by yourself? I stew by myself, but then the conversation came up, and then we started Isn't stew. it funny I to watch a lot, a lot of people, people in those situations, and they're all like, I swear, I'm never taking this train. It's like, yeah, okay, you're going to take the train tomorrow. The train's usually great, but that was a disaster today. All right, uh, usually great, just like our show. Yeah. Let me give you the quick rundown. Uh, one, we're talking RG3 because a story came out that we've known for a long time that we were told we couldn't talk about, right. and now we can talk about it. So it's RG3 and Mike Shanahan. Yes. Also want to talk about Michael Bennett and Sam Bradford, which it's awesome because the number one thing we've always talked about is, is Michael is Sam Bradford really worth three Michael Bennett? Yes, right. That conversation came up, sure. and we're going to have Paul Shear in studio from the league, and apparently... Yo Gabba Gabba. Yo Gabba Gabba. That's I didn't where know I know on. you from, Paul Shear. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about him. We're going to have fun. When Charlotte was like seven or six or I five. Don't I don't know. even know. Uh, all right. So the RG3 story. Right. Uh, it came out on the Undefeated, which is the new ESPN's website. Right. I'm going to, like, if, do you want to read it? Sure. Yeah, so give I us the, the information. that we talked about. So this is just one paragraph from the, from the article. Yeah. So it says, February 5th, 2013, Griffin called for a meeting. He declined to tell Mike Shanahan what he wanted to discuss, saying only it was important. Just wanted all of them in the office to have a meeting. Griffin, Mike, and Kyle Shanahan and quarterbacks coach Matt Matt LaFleur gathered in the offensive meeting room. It's like you know this story. At the team headquarters in Ashburn, Virginia. With the coaches seated, Griffin walked to a blackboard and wrote, Change things. Change our protections. Unacceptable. Bottom line. So those were the four things he wrote. And then the next part of the paragraph says... Griffin instructed the coaches. I to wish let- I had the balls to do that. That's that's the first thing. Let me just say that the guy obviously has big balls because that's just ridiculous to go and tell Mike Shanahan, Super Bowl winning coach, and the team that made you like the rookie of the year, or, like a pro. I baller. mean, you just you had to have a set of kahunas on you like never before. Because so you've said before that that's a time of the year where the coaches are not in the office. There was, there was pro- if I remember correctly, it was a coach's day off. They did not have to be there. They were there just because RG three <sighs> was holding a meeting. So the four things were change things, change our protections, unacceptable bottom line that right. he wrote on the whiteboard. Right. The next paragraph that we wanted to read, Griffin instructed the coaches to let him speak uninterrupted and roll through a list of grievances, stressing that substantive <laughs> changes had grievances. to occur immediately, scrap the pass protection scheme, and start over, Griffin demanded. Wow. Right. Yep. So, scrap the pass protection scheme, Mike Shanahan, when you won two Super Bowls with John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Scrap it! Doesn't work! So, you, you told I mean, us this story two, two years, years ago? ago? Right. And... I think he was kind of sworn to secrecy, and it sucked because Shanahan was taking a brunt of the of like all this blame for what happened in Washington, right. and now it's coming out like two years later. Ha, like, Shanahan, what happened? Ha, ha, ha. So I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I've told the story. Okay, but I've told it. No, big, not you. Not big go mouth. Open his mouth. Go. I've told people. I'd be like, be like the Listen. same guy who told my wife I was flirty. You did that? Are you sure? Why? I was, I'll never forget, I was like getting my hair cut when I first moved to New York. And this right. guy's like, yo, RG3. And I was like, yo, you want to hear something about how much of a punk RG3 is? That is now, it. Now, I don't think RG3 is like that anymore. I, I feel like he went through some humbling process, like a lot of humility. He grew. And the one thing that he says in the article, I didn't read the whole article. I don't need to read it. But Mike, I, does, I do believe Coach Shanahan pretty much blames it on Dan Snyder, right? He does. In, a, uh, in the next paragraph, he says, like, unacceptable is a word that Dan Snyder used to use all the time. Right. And then, so he, and then he went to Dan Snyder's office right afterwards, it says in the article, right. and said, what are you doing to right. this kid? Well, I mean, that, that, that story is, it truly is unbelievable. I mean, uh, first of all, I love that Mike Shanahan, Super Bowl winning coach, no longer on the Redskin payroll. They paid him all his money, and he's just throwing haymakers. I love it. They deserve it. Why Dan Snyder it deserves it. Dan Snyder deserves it. Dan Snyder uh, is definitely part of the reason to blame there with RG3. Uh, the story I've always known is that Dan Snyder went down and basically stayed in a room with RG3 while he recovered from the ACL surgery. Uh, so he did that. So obviously he was influencing some of these thoughts that RG3 was having and obviously influencing him to go, hey, call a meeting, so rookie punk. This was the quote from Mike the- here. He said, 
he used to have the uh, he had to have had the full support of the owner and in my opinion the GM to even have a conversation like that. Right. He had the best rookie uh, best year for a rookie quarterback in the history of the game. Right. He got selected to the Pro Bowl. We went to the playoffs. We tried to get him to slide. We tried to get him to throw the ball away. If he told me he was hurt, I would have taken him out of the playoff game. To hear him, it was really incredible. They did everything to make sure RG3 was the happiest, most comfortable guy in the NFL his whole rookie year. I mean, literally, if, if RG3 said, hey, Coach Shanahan, you know, my butt's a little sore. Can you, like, massage it a little? They probably would have done it. That's how accommodating they were to him. So for him to do that at the end of the day is so disrespectful, so immature. But I, you're right. I don't blame it all on RG3. He has grown. There's no doubt about yeah. that. I've talked to a few guys. Plus, if the owner's coming and talking you're right. to you. That's a very big influence. He's the influence. one signing your checks. Yes. You know he's the most powerful guy You're there. a young kid, and you think, well, maybe I don't really know the way I'm supposed to act or the way things go down in the NFL. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. If, to and, me, uh, it really is illuminating to know. Like, we all know that Dan Snyder is a controlling guy. Right. And we all know that he puts his hands way too much in the organization. Right. This is showing the extent of that, and yes. that is really crazy crazy. Do you think that this story was known across the league? I mean, if I knew it, I imagine a lot of people I, I would it. imagine, yeah. I would imagine it has gotten out in one, one way for or people, another. For NFL teams that are hearing this, for if Hugh Jackson didn't know this story right. and he's reading it, yeah. what do you think the reaction is in the NFL? You know, I don't think they're going to be surprised by anything. I think everybody's heard enough horror stories about RG3 in those first few years as is anyways, so I don't think anyone's going to look back at this now and go, oh man, I mean... He really is a jerk. I mean, we know what he is at this point. He's working on that to become a better player, better yeah. professional, and that's that. But it is an unbelievable story, As- and I, like I said, I love that. Aside Mike from Fle- the coaches and, and scouts and GMs that might know about it, what about the players on the Browns? Because I feel like players might be more out of the gossip yeah, loop like on something saying, like, like that. Like you're saying, I mean, he's got balls on him. Yes, players, uh, yeah. He- Am I right to assume that some of the players would be less likely to have heard the story? They uh, Definitely, yes. Okay. Uh, NFL players, you know, I think uh, first that's one Coaching thing. Coaching stories goes around coaches, players stories right, go around players. Right, players, and, uh, and of course players in the NFL – See, as fans, we think like all 53 guys in the NFL locker room have an idea of what's going on in the NFL. And you'd be shocked at how many guys you'd go in and go, hey, did you watch the Monday night football game last night? And they go, oh, no, no, who won? And you'd be like, damn, you didn't watch it? That was a good game. So not everybody's invested like you see a Brandon Marshall or a myself or some of the other personalities where they actually pay attention to everything that's going on, some of the storylines behind the scenes. And honestly – I, I, RG3 in the Cleveland rock room, I bet you there's going to be some guys in there going, man, that was big. That's a baller move, RG3. I bet you they're joking around with him a little day. Interesting. If, if he's cool, they're going, Almost hey, supportive you, of it. You're just like, you know, you're a baller. You're a boss for that right there. Yeah. You're a boss for doing that meeting. Why, why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just laughing at my voice, and he's giggling, and I like when Mother <laughs> had giggles. Right. Uh, speaking of, uh, I guess, quarterbacks throwing their weight around, right. we just had that with Sam Bradford holding out for two weeks and then coming back. Uh, we were worried that maybe Michael Bennett was going to hold out because right. talk about most underpaid players in the NFL. Right. He's probably number one. Okay. Yep. He had a quote. Right. I'll let you react to it. I'll okay. let Mother Hen read it because right. that's his job. So right. calm the f- this was on. This was on uh, ESPN now, Radio. See, but I, now he's got to read, but he also has to write down the time yeah, of the curse. Two curses. A lot of stuff going on in his brain. Uh, Jay, can you mark that time down? <laughs> All right, so here's the quote. This was on ESPN Radio in Seattle. Right. Uh, I listened to Sam Bradford again. I just almost threw up. I can't believe Sam Bradford is complaining about making $40 million in the next two years because he actually has to compete for a position. This guy, this guy right here definitely sets a bad tone of what a player should be. Then he goes on to say, if I was his teammate, how can you play with a guy that doesn't want to compete at a high level and feels like his position should be solidified without even putting up the stats or the wins to back that up? Right. So that was Michael Bennett it's really on interesting Sam Bradford. That a player saying this because it sounds Michael like Bennett, from a fan. You disagree yeah. with him, right? Well, I do disagree with him. Michael Bennett, I almost always agree with everything he says, and I understand funny. his points there. I think this one he is wrong about. First of all, this is the first thing. No one... The first person he has to blame is himself. That was a stupid contract he signed, four years, $28 million. It was stupid on Drew Rosenhaus as well, who's his agent. It was just dumb. I remember when he signed it going, four years, $28 million. I was like, at the yeah, he's time, a four year, at the time they had just won the Super Bowl, and I was saying he was definitely one of the five best defensive linemen in football. He is Malik Jackson before Malik Jackson, who just got a $90 million deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Second thing is this. First of all, don't be mad at Sam Bradford, Michael Bennett. Be mad at the Philadelphia Eagles for paying him $18 million guaranteed this year. That's stupid. Yes, no, Michael, uh, Michael Be- or Sam Bradford is not worth three Michael Bennett's, but at the same time, the quarterback position is different 
from this standpoint. First of all, don't mess with a player and his business side of it. All right, That's an unwritten rule of the NFL. He should know better to really judge someone else's situation and their money-making situation. Why is that such an unwritten well, rule? Well, because it's a business. And unlike Michael Bennett's position, there's four people that can play his position on the field at the same time. There's only one quarterback, mm. and he has no chance of succeeding there. If you guys start out 4-0, and oh, yeah, we and he's throwing five touchdowns and five interceptions, yeah. it's not great. No. There's a good chance he's going to get benched. He's in a no-win situation. Yeah. So I just say to Michael Bennett there, don't be mad at Sam what Bradford. What did you think be about what he said at the end? At the end teammates? Yeah, what did he say about that again? He just said, uh, second, if he said, if I was his teammate, how can you play with a guy that doesn't want to compete at a high level and feels like his position should be solidified without putting up stats or Nothing is talking about being solidified. Nothing Sam Bradford has said about competing. He wants to be the starting quarterback. He wanted to go somewhere where he's going to get a fair shot. Guys in his locker room who know Sam Bradford, they're not going to – they're going to understand the situation. And also being told we're going to draft a quarterback and being told we're going to draft a quarterback at number two is a huge different story. Okay? So this isn't about competing for the starting job. It's just about having a fair well, situation. There is no competition. That, There's no such thing, thing as a quarterback That's what Michael Bennett's not understanding. Right. Is, no such thing. Yeah. Yeah. It does not exist. Yeah. It's, it, the coaches it, already have their minds made It's up. already over. Like Sam Bradford's career as an eagle already has a termination date. It's whenever Carson Wentz steps on the field and understands it. Exactly right. If Michael Bennett, if they drafted Frank Clark in the first round and he played the same position as Michael Bennett, one, they could both play together. Exactly. First of they all. could both play. Two, like you can outperform that guy. Yes, but, and you're still, even though you don't get to start, yeah. you're still going to get to play 30 to 35 snaps I, a game. I think it really so, goes back to Michael Bennett's upset, like being upset about his, his own, own situation. Right. He has no one to blame but himself yeah. with that. Four years, $28 million was stupid. He deserved to be paid something a little less than a Malik Jackson or even a J.J. Watt. He Are was you that surprised type of that he's not holding out? Well, he's a he's a baller, and a, he's not going to OTAs. But right. he said he'll be there for training camp. Yeah. So he's gonna be he's gonna get in shape. He seems to be extremely hardworking and intelligent. I wish that he way. was like five years younger because uh, he's not gonna see a lot of money. No, he's not. He needs to just max out here in the next few years. He needs to do one more year like deals. advertising campaigns. He's gonna be like Marshawn, get some Skittles and some other stuff because he's got the personality. He can come sit right here. We love Yo, him. Oh, Michael Bennett. Yes. Yeah, so you gave you gave him the truth. Well, we still want him here. Oh yeah, he's the man. Speak the truth. I usually always agree with everything he says. Is Sheer soon? Soon. Not okay, yet, so what I want to say is this. So Paul Shearer is on the league, and because he's on the league, a lot of people come up to him and talk about football all the time. His publicist told our people that, listen, Paul Shearer does not talk about football. He doesn't like talking about football. He also does, like, improv and stuff. So I'm going to test him. When he comes in, just, just for everyone listening or watching, I'm going to ask the first question super deep in the weeds football, probably about the cover three defense. Right. Cover three press bail. Cover three press bail. And we're going to wait and see how he reacts. I hope he's not here like hearing that. No, he's not. But when he comes in, I think that's going to be pretty funny. Um, one, I know that you texted Josh. You want to talk about how dumb the Bills were about Shaq Lawson getting hurt and all that. I, I, what are I you going to say? I have to cough like Adam Mefka. <laughs> You're disgusting. Yeah. You're like a... Thank you. We just stopped the podcast and... Go ahead. Uh, I know you want to talk about how stupid that was with the Buffalo Bills and what happened there, but I'd like to talk about another dumb bison. Sure. Fendrick, read it. Do you know what's coming right now? I have... Oh, (laughs) yes. Now I do. Yes. All right, so I'll just recap the story. Look, look, you're already getting anger. Yeah, it's... Basically, so this is in one of our national parks where... Yosemite. uh, In Yosemite. Some people were driving by. They saw a baby bison that they thought looked cold. So they picked up the Just baby stop bison. There. No, no, no. Stop. Let him finish. Just stop Let there. him finish. Okay. They Go picked ahead. up the baby bison. They brought it into the car to try and get it warm. When they realized this was a problem uh, with the National Park Service, they released it. They tried to reunite the baby bison with its mother. Uh, the, the herd of the bison herd. rejected it. And they had to euthanize the baby bison the because these people, kill it. Uh, this family, kill it. Kill picked it up yes, right. and put it in the back of their So ride. what's funny is as soon as I Do saw this... you want to talk about the Buffalo Bills or the baby bison? We'll, we'll talk, talk about both. We're talking about baby bison. Baby bison first, my, my thing is as soon as I saw this story, you I thought of you. <laughs> I thought of you. So what's your, what's your take? All right, I don't even know the people... You that, know that this has happened before. Real, listen. This is like an issue of people picking up baby bison that I, look cold I say and, my, like, put it, wrapping I want to say my own. Tropic Thunder line here, you know, you never go, but I can't say it because we got to be politically correct. Uh, yeah, don't say that. So, but they went full freaking idiot. They're idiots, those people. And I, I'm sure they feel bad, but, yeah, the bison is cold in May... And he is built for winters. I mean, and been on the planet for how no, who knows how long. 
surviving all kinds of winters. What are they? Bisons are like uh, fam- uh, family members of like woolly mammoths. But yes, he's cold. Let's throw him in the back of our car. Have you seen the picture of that? Yeah, it's just there. Like, what the I hell's mean, going on? I mean, that is so ridiculous. People need to get a freaking clue. They had to issue a and statement. And they had to kill said- this animal because these two idiots decided a bison where people kill the freaking animal to take his fur because it keeps you warm. Let's bring him in our car because he's cold. Uh, the thing that I in understand May, is how can, you be, how can you be at Yosemite and, like, my thing is, is nature is nature. You don't, like, if that baby was cold and right. is going to die, then you let it die. It's a park. Let the wolves this eat is it. Not, this is not like right. a, a, a petting zoo. I agree. It's not someone's dog off the leash. What are you doing touching animals? Are you not afraid of diseases? Like, you got a lot of balls touching that thing. Respect nature a little bit. Yeah, so I thought of you right away Thanks, with that. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah that's Which that's is great because crazy. he texted me about it shortly after it came out. Yeah, this I mean, is like, they, they had to issue a statement. Idiot dentist who shot Cecil the Lion. Like, uh, idiot. I mean, I wish I had the, the... See, that's malicious. This is just stupid. Yes. And I wonder what if there's going to be a punishment. I wonder, because if their names get out, then it becomes public embarrassment. Yeah, no, they're the going to get... They are. They're going to get... What do you think? It's like, a fine or something. Yeah, they'll have issues if they get the public. Public gets out of this. They're going to oh, have man. like animal rights groups at the front in front of their house. It just shows you that we think that everything revolves around us. Oh, we're the greatest things to ever walk the planet, oh, even though we're ruining. Uh, speaking of other things that are over the planet, uh, I have another thing I want to talk about. But the to Bills about. thing, first of all, Rex Ryan, Doug Whaley, they're on their last leg. I mean, this is it. Have a good year. Hey, we got it. We can pick any of the top twenty players in the draft. Let's pick the one with the bum shoulder who can't play for us. Maybe we'll get fired, and the next coaches can get all the good plays out of him. Yeah. That was just another. I mean, how stupid is that? And Everybody knew he like had a labrum of- issue. Adam Scheffner doesn't tweet out things unless Scheffner he knows. Scheffner knows from <laughs> doctors, from teams, Gosh. and they still I draft want to how many, how many Scheffners do you think he said? Is there oh, no wow. N in there? No, no it's a sh- You know it. I, I know. I don't You care. just said it right after Adam laughed when you said Scheffner. I did. I didn't mean to say it right. Um, I know him. Another story, that, another story that I'm curious. So the U.S. government right now is, I guess, pledging $1.1 billion to fight the Zika virus. Oh. And I was curious. Um, like, I know people that have mosquito nets in their apartments in New York right, right now, and they're fearing. The, the Olympics are in Brazil. Right. And I was curious if you were an athlete yeah. and you were not like an NBA player, like this, like, these guys don't get money, and they spend all this time going. Right. Would you go to Brazil with the Zika virus? I would. There, you would. I would. Yeah, especially if I was an Olympic athlete. Listen, I've been training for four years. I don't. I'm no mosquitoes not stopping this. Really, this training session. Is yes. there any fear? Because this is my concern now. First of all, I know a few people from Brazil, and I've asked them about this, and they don't. They don't. The Brazilians don't care. They're. They're not like. Well, yeah, we live down in the jungle. We have big bugs like this all the time that have like. Yeah. This is part of like the world, but we again we don't realize that as Americans. Yeah, I guess the thing that's weird to so. me is so you have people from all over the world coming to the place where the Zika virus is yeah. and then going back. Well, and apparently it's a sexually transmitted disease. And what's the story we always hear about the Olympics? Right. All these like insanely good athletes having sex with each other, and now they're going to all go back to that, Chris. Oh, they always tell stories. They're like, we've handed out seven hundred thousand condoms to like all the athletes. (laughs) There's like a big feature story every two years when they have the Olympics in winter or summer. Because it's like the the greatest woman from like Uruguay, like the greatest man from Poland. They look at each other like, man, are hey, listen, everybody from all around the world's traveling down to Brazil and back, and Brazilian people that are here in New York and they're everywhere else. So if it's going to get spread, it's going to get spread. Do you get worried? about that i really don't if you go home and you see a mosquito in your house are you like no i don't i just why don't you have well those are things like i i don't know it's you know again you know we we make a big deal of like little things that happen naturally on the earth like whoa seven people have the mumps out of 7.7 billion let's shut down the world vaccinate everyone 50,000 shots right away. Seven people, 0.000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000
well, cancer is like like now. Well, I'm sad. I mean, we, we eat a lot. But, of, but we eat a lot is, of crap that has cancerous stuff what's funny in it. Is we don't I go, don't even eh. know what the effects of the Zika virus are, right. but I'm afraid of it. <laughs> like I don't know what it could do. Like it can make me get like really muscular. You're fear driven. You you let the media drive you to fear. Huh? No, I'm not really afraid. I just I do think it's weird that everyone in the world's going to the place where there's this virus right. we're all talking about, and then they're going to go back. Right. I mean, I could get like if you wanted to get like crazy, you know me. Uh, like conspiracy theory, I would say like probably like one of the pharmaceutical companies made sure Zika got out so they could give this vaccination and make nine billion dollars. Now we're going to go into the conspiracy. That was my is, So I'm learning more and more about Sims. I've always known you were a conspiracy theorist, and that's one thing I want to talk about right before Paul gets. Follow in. the rich white man. That's what I was told once. Follow the rich white man. That's where all the problems start. You're probably right. <laughs> uh, last night I'm watching the lottery and the Philadelphia Sixers. Hey! Finally got the first pick in the draft. Woo! I'm very excited. Uh, but it also made me, it further one of my beliefs. What do you mean, finally? We've, been, we've had the worst record for the last three or four years. We haven't had the first pick. You haven't had the, yeah, you didn't get it one no. time. Last right. year, Carl Anthony Towns right. got, got three, got Jaleel Okafor. Right. Two years ago, oh, oh we're going to get Andrew Wiggins. No, nope, we fell down. We got like Joel Embiid. Like, we, we could get John Wall. No, you're getting Evan Turner. Like, right, we right. haven't gotten him. Uh, but it also furthered my belief that the NBA lottery is 100% rigged. It's 100%. The fact that we didn't get it when the GM that was like, tanking all those years and then all of a sudden we don't have Sam Hinkie the GM that's the tank right he's gone and then it went uh, it literally went according to plan like every pick happened the same way it is why are we not seeing the lottery like like it's a little bit weird that they're like all right it's the Sixers it's like I get you can we at least have it videotaped and then show them doing it later like all the stories that well Patrick, they used to do that I mean I used Patrick, to get to see the ball pop up well I don't even know if they did that but they used to do like the envelope and that's where the story about the frozen envelope remember that story with Patrick Ewing I don't remember so that draft right they, the, the story was they really wanted the New York Knicks to get Patrick Ewing right so they put the New York Knicks envelope in a freezer for like a day and when they put it in there and he reached and he's feeling around, he feels the cold one, it was, oh, and the Knicks get the first gotcha. pick in the draft. Gotcha. I just, I, I think it's so weird in like an era of transparency. Yes. And an era where you take things like the draft lottery and extend it for ratings. Like if we were doing that live, it would get really good ratings. Sure. Why is it so hidden? Like it uh, feels super like sketchball. That's a good that's a good question. I guess the one thing that's crazy about when you just think about the lottery in general, first of all, why not just go based on record and sort it out that way? Because they try to avoid and tanking. I and don't shit. believe with the conspiracy with this because too many people got big mouths and somebody would have said something Matumbo, after all these years. And that's really funny. So yesterday at like four o'clock, Dikembe frickin' Matumbo tweeted out right. congratulations to the Sixers and getting the number one pick. Now I don't know who would be texting Dikembe Mutombo or how he would find out, right. but he deleted it like right afterwards, huh. which more goes into my conspiracy theory. I hear you. Or that's just when they did the lottery right there and somebody texted him like, hey, Mutombo ain't hanging out in that room. I don't know who Mutombo knows. Alright, get up here. Come on, you Paul coming up. What's up? How, how are you? Good how to are see you, you brother? Very good. I'm here to promote my Dikembe Mutombo Twitter account where I'm releasing Damn. a lot of good scoops. Really? Yeah. But I feel like if I'm Dikembe Mutombo, yeah. I want to see what the rest of the Twitter is. Forget about just talking about the Sixers. What else is he tweeting about? That's what I would like to know. Yeah, so is mean, he like, doing it in his talking form? Like, yeah, like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Neighbors 2 is better than Neighbors 1. You know, like, like what I want to know. I want to see what's happening. I got to ask you a really serious question. I, I will tell you one thing about Dikembe before okay, we go. Please. Yeah. My friend went to Georgetown. Right. And he said that he was a freshman in Georgetown. Right. And at the end of the night, they're at this bar, and Dikembe was in this bar. The Kembe stands up and he goes. I know what you're gonna say. Do you? No, hold you, on. Okay, let me just say. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, say it. I want you to say it. Who wants to sex Matumbo? Yep. <laughs> really? That's always the story. Go about ahead. That. No, you said I no, like your I voice li- better. No, I liked your. That was great. I love that it's <laughs> made me, me this true. Good. Have oh, you heard it? Good story. Perfect. Yeah. Um, your observation of the cover three defense. How has it evolved? Well, look. Here's the thing about the cover three defense. Right. We're talking about the game has evolved. Always, right? We're right. always talking about the constant evolution <laughs> of the game. And I think what we're seeing is a return to basics, really, right. to a certain extent. No, you're, you're, you're like... That was actually a that was pretty good, good answer. So I hear that your strategy is just yeah. repeat. Well, like, you know, look, like, I, I am a sports team fan more than a... Like, I can talk probably more about, like, I love the Clippers. I yes, love the Jets. Sure, right. You know, sadly. Uh, yeah, Clippers I, and Jets. I, I know, but the Clippers at least... 
they got some drive. And right. when they're not being terribly injured, they got some drive. Uh, but no, like, so I'm like much more of a team-based guy. So a lot of the times when I was doing the league, yeah, we're going into like Dallas or Tennessee or whatever. And then they're like, all right, let's talk about what's going on with the Titans right now. Like, I don't know anything about what's going on with the Titans. Like, right. I'll watch them play. And it's, like, it's tricky. It's what I found. My, my technique was always to repeat the question back and say it with a point of view. Like, some sort of, I'd be like, so, like, so what do you think that, you know, what do you think about the Titans' offenses here? Like, well, look, tight, you know, the Titans have what they have. I mean, <laughs> obviously, right? And, and I think what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to, they're going to try to go for it. Yes. But they're not, you know, they're never going to push. I mean, because at the end of the day, they're the Titans. Like, right. and I didn't say anything. But I've just said something that makes me feel like, oh yeah, all right, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 I just find good it fascinating because yeah. you have you had a show, you have a show, the league yeah. that resonates so much with sports fans to where sports fans will go up to you in public and be like, man, I want to talk to you about my fantasy team, and yeah. that struggle must be so real. Well, to me, it's like this, right? Fantasy teams are like your dreams. Well, no one wants to hear them. Right. They're interesting and to poker you. Stories. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like it's like showing your friends sides of your vacation. No one cares. Nobody like, cares. Like you know, but you do. And it's great. I'm happy for yeah. you. Like, and by the way, no one wants to hear about my fantasy team. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, people will be like, all right, who should I play? And like, and the question is, is like, I find with fantasy, right. is like, it's not that easy to answer. Who should I play? It's like, well, who are you playing against? Who do you have? And, and, and be honest, welcome like, to my world. Yeah, because that's what he I did on Sunday mornings. I, was say, yeah. I don't do mess with fantasy football. But him and other guys around the office and friends, that's all they do to me all week. Oh, who would you play this week? This guy or this guy? And I constantly have to answer. It drives me crazy. And I'm in football and yeah. sports, and you're not, and which is even more crazy. But you know what? It's, so, it's tough because at the end of the day, it's just you have no control over these people. No. And you, you, there's no – like, you, there's like – some people like, oh, yeah, I picked him. And he, like, scored, like, seven touchdowns. Like – there's no way that you knew. Yeah, that. Right. Like, it sometimes you just go off when you have this amazing game. Sure. Like, we had Matt Walsh that, you know, in here yeah, a little right. bit ago, and I was talking about the, the divide sometimes between comedians and sports fans. Comedians love to focus on what human beings obsess over that is so unimportant. Right. And sports fans are the kings of focusing on things that oh are important. God. That divide, I feel like you're seeing more than anybody. Well, yeah, because it's like I remember like growing up, you would have like these big books. Like you know, you look in the book, like all right, well this guy on turf, he'll run for this many yards. But uh, again, on grass, he's running for that. Like, you're like looking at all these stats, like it makes a difference. Here's what I'm gonna tell you, fantasy football players, it doesn't make a difference. That's you'll it. never know. It's like it's sports. You're never gonna. And know, that's like, why it's great. It's awesome. That's why it's exciting to watch. Right. And it gets to me. I'm actually gonna pare down my fantasy teams because it's too stressful. It's too I'm much. like sitting there. I'm like, oh, I can't deal with it. It's it's I like it's, it's like you're yeah. So I'm gonna go down to like one fantasy team, and I like this. Um, my friends have this gambling league where you put in like 300 bucks, right? And they give you like ten like ten thousand dollars, right? right. And Whatever you can spend that any which way you want over the season. Like you can dole it out. You can you can bet ten thousand dollars on the first game of the first you know. Right. And I like that. I like, but it's like it's hard. It's like because it like I was in three leagues this year, confidence league and something else. I'm like. And I get anxiety. I get anxiety. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, they're playing Thursday, and then you forget it's Thursday because you're also saying you're lining for Monday, and it's like, you, there's no days off. It's too much. Right. So one thing that he does, I know he recognized you from Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh my gosh, yeah, kids. Boom. That's there you go. I mean, they were like, you know, Paul Shear's coming on. And I was like, man, and I knock, of course Google the you. day. Exactly right. <laughs> I know. I know. And when I came done. on, I was like, wait, I yeah. know him from one of my kids' shows they used to watch. That was a fun, crazy thing. Like Yo Gabba Gabba is kind of. A cooler version of Sesame Street, or Nick Jr. Right, Nick Jr. Yeah, I guess. Like basically, these two guys were like, "I have these kids, and I want to blow my brains out if I watch another Barney's or The Wiggles or whatever the hell that is." (laughs) He's like, "I want to have like cool bands on the show. I want to have like comedians that we like on the show, and would like make it at least like I don't want to like kill myself while I'm on the couch watching." Right. So they made like a fun show and. I met them at a party, and I was like, oh, I'd love to do your show. And they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't want to dance because you have all these other people dancing. Right. Like, let me do comedy with McBrayer. And so we came up with knock-knock jokes. But crazy thing about it is it's Nickelodeon. And I'm like, oh, it's knock-knock jokes. It's hard to come with PG knock-knock jokes, Well, even right? when you come with PG knock-knock jokes, they're like, wait a second, hmm. Like, one, I dressed up as a cop, and I'm knocking on the door. And, you know, it's a joke, whatever the dumb joke was. Right. Well, we don't want to see. Uh, we don't want to send the message that kids should be disrespectful to police officers if they come knocking at the door. I'm like, oh, and then like uh, one time I was wearing a cow costume and I had udders and that udder uh, looks like a penis. I'm uh, like, it's an udder. I'm in a cow costume. Yeah, come right. on. 
So it's like, yeah, so it was funny I to go behind have the six scenes. penises. Yeah. Stop judging me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we would, Jack and I would basically, I think, we shot two days over the course of like two years, like one in one day, shot like eight of them, yeah. went another day, shot eight of them, and they right. just kind of like lock them into the show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The other thing that he does that multiple people in the office came up to tell me about was his podcast, How Did This Get Made? Yes. Which I'm going to start listening to. I'm embarrassed that I didn't. Don't what they do it. is they, they watch. Crappy movies, right? And then what do you like? Kind of break down the plot. We basically t- like the way I always describe it is when you go see a crappy movie with your friends, you want to sit down and kind of talk about what you just saw, right? Like what was the George Clooney movie I watched this year that I had? A- I walked out on it. What was the movie? Cleopatra. Wait. Or- what? What? With George Clooney had a comedy movie out. Oh, the uh, the old brother where are the the, oh. uh, the, uh, the Coen Brothers movie, right? Yeah. It's like what, a, what the heck was that movie? Was, um, Hail Caesar. Hail, Hail Caesar. Caesar. That was the worst movie I've I ever seen. So you want? Well, Holy you see now, sh- crap. So the, yeah, they're doing movies like Love Guru, Geely, and Congo. Uh, well, Congo cracks me up because I had a friend that would go up to any movie that was playing. Yeah. And go, is this Congo? Like uh, it would be like Mary Poppins. He'd be like, is this Congo? Uh, but I want him to kind of settle Ace Ventura 2. Oh, sure. One of my top five movies. What? He thank hates you. it. That, he just said his answer no, there. Damn. No, no, yeah, Thank you. I thank love you. Ace Ventura 2. Other thing I, it's better than Ace Ventura 1. You're, no, you're insane. Yes, you're an you. insane person. You're insane. Sometimes. No, you from Philadelphia. Yeah, you trash. Could say like, trash. You could say like, oh, I like Dumb and Dumber more than Ace Ventura. I would go there. Like, right. I would go there. But not Ace Ventura 2. He was in the when jungle. nature calls. Yeah. He gets in a rhinoceros's he gets out of a rhinoceros. Uh, he somehow, too. Yeah, we don't know. Um, speaking of sports, I will talk about a speaking movie. Speaking of rhinos, uh, now the sports. That, the movie that you guys got to watch, I mean, I know that you probably look at different uh, sports figures and how they get into film. Let's talk about uh, Rowdy, Rowdy, uh, sorry, Rowdy, Rowdy, yeah, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, who's in a movie called Hell Comes to Frogtown, where he plays the last virile man in the world. He has sperm that he needs to give to women, and he needs to find these women and impregnate them in a world filled with frogs who have mutated from the nuclear war and hate humans now. It's the most insane movie ever. He wears a codpiece the entire movie, and, and basically he's just forced to have sex with these women. It's not like a porn in any way, right. although that description makes it sound exactly like a porn. Too, huh? Yeah, and he's like, oh, I don't want to do it. I can't he's get in the mood spread. for it. Yeah. And and like, and like <laughs> and if they want to control him, the one of the women who brings him around like has an earring, and she'll like zap him, like, oh, like it gets his, like, his junk right. right. But he's the only man that has viable sperm in Is the world. Is that on the next Ooh. episode of the That podcast? was like the one that we just released, so you can listen to it now about Hell Comes to Frogtown. How does that even come? Yeah. That's the thing well, with the podcast. And so we kind of talk about it. I'm there. a little yeah, upset that you did Con Air because I feel like Con Air was such a great movie. We do things like this. We do How Did This Get Made and Thank God This Got Made. So like oh, okay. for the Fast and Furious, Thank God This Got Made. Right. Those are amazing movies. Even are great. Fast and Furious 9? Come on, let's keep okay. on going. Uh. I read, uh, <laughs> I just read someone, we're actually doing uh, a live reading of a script. This is the craziest thing. Somebody wrote a funny spec script called Fast 9, and it's the Fast and the Fuhrer, where the Fast and Furious guys go back in time to race Hitler. Oh, my in gosh. the Master Race. So they're oh going to go race him in the Master gosh. Race. That it's is amazing. insane. They team up with Doc Brown. Doc Brown gives them a time machine DeLorean, and they go, and they, they and all go back. That, to make that sounds like it's got a chance. <laughs> he put, it on, he put <laughs> it on Indiegogo, and he's like, I'm trying to raise $100 million oh, to get this made. But, of course, no, you know, as a joke. I but. saw you did something with Space Jam 2. Do you think that yeah. movie will be on the Thank God It Got Made, or no. How Did This Get Made? No. Space no Jam chance. 1 is like... Well, you Le- really watch it. It's not a good movie. It's no, really it's a terrible bad. movie. Yeah. I did a live read, which you can kind of watch Stolen. online. Yeah. But it's, it's like a good movie because we remember it as a child. Exactly. Yes. Right? You How don't, old are you? I'm like 40. Okay, I'm so, 35. Okay, so yeah. so it's. Like, are you 40 or are you like 40? I'm like 40. Okay. I'm like, I'm I mean, like 40. I'm like, like maybe 39 or yeah, 41? Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> okay. Today is my birthday and I'm on the middle. No, but it's like the like Space Jam like it exists in our heart because it's like we were a kid right? Michael Jordan jumped over the monsters. Yeah, and we did a live read. It was Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Blake Griffin played Michael Jordan. DeAndre (laughs) played Charles Barkley, and he was hilarious. His impression of Charles Barkley is insane. And so we did this big, fun live read of that script. And you realize, oh, that script is really, really bad. But like now it's like LeBron, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I heard. LeBron's not going to be able to. I mean, I guess... Well, I guess he was good in Trainwreck. I haven't seen Trainwreck, but everybody said he was pretty good. What did you think? Be honest. He's LeBron. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, that's like, 
half I, of his role, like acting, is just being himself. LeBron. Like yeah. you know, it's like, and you let LeBron say funny stuff. Like it's like, oh, that's LeBron, and he's talking about Downton Abbey. Like so, that's funny because it's a juxtaposition. Yeah, it's LeBron, that you, and he talks about not being able to get girls. When it's like, yeah. you're LeBron. Yeah. yeah, it's like I like LeBron just fine, uh, but I'm like, uh, but yeah, I don't know if I need him to be like making that this. transition. And by the way, Michael Jordan is one of my favorite. You know, of course. Of I grew course. up with Michael Jordan. Like, I don't know if I need to see him, like, in, in acting in movies. I don't think he needs to, you know, it's like, stay in your lane. Everyone should stay in their lane. I was going to say, do you have the stay in your lane where it's like, you do your thing and make billions of dollars. Why yeah, I'm not have- jumping off the Miami Heat bench to go like, pop up some threes, you know? Like, I mean, like, you know. But like, it is a movie, Space Jam, about, I mean. Well, that one's I mean, some, yeah, that's yeah. specific. But yeah, right. that is specific. Right. <laughs> okay. But that uh, movie's being made for, like, McDonald's giveaway toys. And, like, yeah. the ad- that, that is just going to be But here's the grab. thing, too. Who cares about Looney Tunes anymore? Like, when is, like, like, you have kids, right? I do. I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. I try to always show them Looney Tunes. I've got like, them into, like, B- Bugs Bunny. Okay, they like it. And the Roadrunner. I've been like, you got to watch okay. this. These are classics. Okay, that's good, because I right. think most kids are like, I'm into UG Go-Go or You're Doggy right. Patrol right. or whatever Or Yo Gabba Gabba. Yo Gabba Gabba. Right. Please. But, uh, no, but, uh, but uh, thank God for your children and supporting my art. Uh, no, but, uh, but, uh, but you know, like, yeah, it's like, it's weird. Kids are like, kind of like, Muppets don't really exist for them. It's like, right. Right. forget that. Forget yeah. that. Yeah. Sesame Street's on HBO. And you by the way, I mean? like, full frontal. I just watched the episode of Sesame Street last week where I guess a fire starts. Big Bird's junk is out there, full package, just hanging. HBO changes yeah. everything. DMBs just <laughs> hanging in the wind. Finally, Sesame Street gets to de- down the basics. Wow. Rover, sucking, effing, doing it all. It's so good. Man. HBO Go. It's like Game of Thrones with Muppets. It's Man, great. so Big Bird showing his kahunas. <laughs> Finally, huh? after years. Wait, are you believing him? No, I'm not. Okay, good. Uh, but I would like to see it. Man. Uh, Big Bird in that Big Khaleesi Bird pose. Right. That Khaleesi pose of just Big Bird just naked. Oscar. Oscar just goes back in the camera. He's like, <laughs> By the way, I will say to every parent out there, right. if you have HBO Go, and you are, you should because you have HBO, and if you don't, come on, get HBO. Uh, it's the best thing because you have a child, and you can just pop them down. They have every episode of Sesame Street. I put my kid down there three months ago, and I right. haven't even checked back in. He's got like, I got like about four months left. It's got every episode. You know, you, just, you throw some Cheerios in a room, and they'll be fine. <laughs> Wait, we got to ask him. You just came from Howard Stern, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is hard. I mean, you know, that, that's a downplay compared to us. No, my gosh. I was uh, saying Howard. I was like, let's wrap it up. I got to go to Sim Lefko. Sim We got to get over there. <laughs> what was like? Come on. What was like the craziest question he asked? Well, I didn't actually Because I would do, love to ask some crazy do, crap. Uh, I didn't do Stern I did the wrap-up show afterwards, and I did some prank phone calls with those guys. Okay. So That's what funny. I did was I pranked my grandma. My grandma uh, from New York, and like most what area grandmas, in New York? Uh, I'm from Long Island. Okay. So uh, so you know uh, I grew up all there. You know it's like yeah, that's my hometown. My you're very European looking. Okay, thank I just you. say that. Thank you. Yes, I'm a very when Parisian thing. When I looked you thing. up, I was like, "Damn, is he from England or That's Germany?" It. Am I Denmark? Right. I didn't um, know. But then so, I was like, "Damn, he's from New York." <laughs> uh, but my grandma is like a very. She's become super conservative. My grandma, my grandmother should be a correspondent for Fox News. And by the way, if you love Fox News, no offense to you, it's great. But right. my grandma is like all She's on all board. Right. And so I was like, I've been telling her for the last two weeks. I'm like, hey, grandma, I'm going to New York City. I'm going to work with Obama in this fundraiser. And she's like, <laughs> and so, and she's like, oh, no, you can't. You can't. And then I got to tell her again. And she's like, oh, no, you can't. And then I called her up today. And I was like, I'm here. I just donated a lot of money in your name. And, uh, and so you have to be okay with it. And she's like, oh, I don't want you to do that. And then I was like, oh, here's Obama. Talk to Obama, and then right. I, we had this Obama impersonator talk to my grandma, and then he was very inappropriate with my grandma, <laughs> and it was <laughs> hilarious to see her deal with that. That's Obama amazing. kept on asking her to rub the the phone against her breast. Oh, she's poor like, I will grandma. not do that. Poor grandma. I will not do that. He's like, I'm the president. I can make you do that. And she's like, I will not. I will not. He's like, do it. <laughs> she's like, I will not. My grandma's 90 years old, and she held in there like a champ. She like showed up to Obama, and like I was like, I thought my grandma would back down to Obama. No, no. not at all. She's like, no. I'm like my grandma. I was like. You're talking to like, well, you think you're talking to the president. She's like, I tell you, I'm, I'm not happy with you, <laughs> and you amazing. didn't do a good job. That's oh. where your improv jobs. Yeah, yeah. An old lady with a with an opinion in New I York. Know, I've I never know. heard of that. <laughs> All right, so a few uh, two weeks ago, we had Matt Walsh on here. Yes. We were doing improv, and I know doing improv. He is so bad at improv that I tried to explain to Matt. Matt, I'm not interested in you doing improv. I'm interested in Sims trying to do improv. Okay. I want to give you redemption. Okay. I want to try one more. Redemption. Would you, mind? you mean I was phenomenal the first he time? He aborted around. the first time. We were like, we were like in two minutes. Like I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do improv. I can't do it. All right. Let me let me you set know, the maybe, scene for us. All right. Well, maybe the issue is this. Right. I'm going to give you a tip. Okay. Okay. 
what you just be yourself. You yeah. don't have to be a crazy character, right. right? Just be yourself and act the way that you would normally act. But you can't leave. Okay. Like that's what you have to do. You're just going to be listening, and you just have to know that you can't leave where we're at. Right. And you're just yourself. Okay. All I right. Can so do you that. can set the scene. That was Let's good. Co- you're a better coach than Mike McClintock. See? I don't even know who's that. That's who uh, he Walsh plays Walsh on Veep. Veep. Get to know your guests on your show, okay? Holy cow, that's an embarrassing <laughs> moment. All right, so we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be in a cafeteria. He is going to be the lunch lady and we are going to be two students in line. Okay. Okay? Yes. All right. Okay. Okay. Next. Man. <laughs> meatloaf again, Chris. This stinks. Uh, do you have <laughs> Ah, man, were you okay? No. Sorry. <sighs> what do you guys want? Meatloaf? No, no meatloaf. No meatloaf. Uh, Chris, what do you want? Do you have rice and beans? Yeah, let me get it. Hold on one second. Cause... <laughs> Damn. I'm sorry. Can I have two scoops, please? You got it. You know, it's just been, uh, been Zika really... Zika came to the lunch lady, huh? Oh, yeah. It's so upsetting. My daughter, she's pregnant. We got one of those Zika babies. <laughs> she is beautiful. Her head is so bizarre looking. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Do you have a picture of your daughter? Oh, yeah, of course I do. I got it on my iPad. There you go. Look at this. There's a oh, picture of her. She's beautiful. 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 We, tie a, we tie a little rope around her neck so she looks like a balloon. Uh. You know, it's a little different. Anyway, you guys are nice. And what do you you want that rice and beans? Rice too? and beans, please. Yes, without oh. your Zika's. Oh, I spin can't. On there. It's not contagious. Yeah, it's right. not contagious. You know, I have a very interesting fact about me. You guys never asked me about me. <laughs> I brought HPV to America. Oh, yeah, you're the one. I am the How one. How did you contract this disease? I had some fun in France. Uh, the damn Parisians. Yeah, we had yep. some fun. You know, so I just want you guys to know I'm down to clown. Right. If you guys ever want to, you know, get, you know, make some sloppy joes <laughs> with me, you know, uh, you know, like, let's do it. I can take off the gloves. We can do it all in I'm the back. So, I'm totally uh, I'm not touching you with a 10-foot pole, lady. See, look at him. Sorry. He's great. That was good. That was good. Yeah. I'm the one that was getting nervous. Yeah, yeah. look at this. Look that at was that. awesome. He's sweating. Look I, at I always sweat. Yeah. I sweat in everything. Work on your improv skills, man. I wasn't great there. He was, like, all about the rice and beans moving along the scene. I eat rice and beans for lunch every day. Really? He has had rice and beans for lunch eight months in a row? Yeah. Eight months in a row. He is one of those athletes OCD. Well, let's talk about that because that was the diet that my friend had in college dorm because that was like the only thing that we was safe to eat in the college dorm. Like rice and beans, you can't Can't mess mess that up. So what is it? Like so, where is your? You start big. Do you eat a big breakfast or do you just go like I want to see where your day stacks up? Yeah, Uh, toast with jelly. On got the train ride in. Okay, got okay. it. Uh, the wife will make about three pieces of toast with jelly. Okay. And then I have some vegan organic protein shakes that I okay. will drink right after. I like it. Then, How many shots of espresso? Uh, yeah, and then I have a coffee mug. I don't have it here with okay. me. With three shots of espresso, rest full of coffee. I okay. sit on espresso, it for about, espresso. Okay. I, I, yes. Next espresso. I, I sip on that for about three hours. Okay. But then... Lunchtime. So nice cold espresso. No, well, it, these these Starbucks oh. mugs are amazing. Hold it. Okay, say so hold amazing. It yes, and so, so like th- three shots of espresso is like this much espresso, right? It's yeah. Okay, so right. like, it's not crazy. That's not a lot. No, yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, I'm, if you're thinking it all during the day, I'm yeah. drinking five to six cups over a three and a half hour span. Right. That's okay. Fine. So either way, but then I do Chipotle. Okay, yep. that's great. I'm down with that. A yeah. burrito bowl. Uh, and I well, do. You're saying he's got this intense athlete thing. No athlete. Because he eats the same thing every day. Like it's the same okay. thing. Well, I did change it. I went some grilled vegetables with some hot sauce on top, but then I also go to Balducci's and get a seaweed salad as well. So I have that every day. Here's what I'm going to say. Right. I think you figured it out. Yeah. Because we spend so much time going, what am I going to wear today? Right? right? What am I going to eat? Oh. Woody Allen, right? Not that he should be the model for anybody's way of life, no, but I'll like, use it as an example right. here. Um, Woody Allen <laughs> has like one thing that he eats every day for lunch. So when it's never a question. It's like, what are we getting for lunch? Turkey sandwich. Right. I've heard, it's like, the Zuckerberg, Elon Musk thing. They wear the same type of shirt every day. They have an entire closet of one shirt yeah. to remove decision making. Well, it, it's great. It. It, it, makes, it makes life so much easier. It because does. It's like it's just one less thing you have to think about. You can focus on your major stuff, your improv training. Right. And you can going to Chipotle is the with him is the worst experience. Why? Because he gets into line, and if you've ever seen people in Chipotle, they are robotic. Right. So it's scoop of rice, right. scoop yeah. of beans. 
He then goes, no, 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 which causes the ecosystem of Chipotle to shut down. Right. I go, because I need- no one talks more than rice, beans, chicken. Right. Like, what but what are you doing? Can I have double steak and double chicken? Yeah. Cause I'll so he goes, he, goes, he, goes, he goes, more rice, more beans. And it's like programmed in their brain to not give more than that spoon. So they look back at the manager who then like has to freak out. And he goes, no, 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 I need more. All I'm eating is rice and beans. And they shut down. I've seen people just be like, they got well, it now. Now well, they just got yeah, because he's well, now he's they, trained them. They're they're working on that guac scoop, like that guac scoop. They have to be like that's like gold. Like by the way, like when people say America, we don't have like enough money or whatever. We should just start selling our guacamole to foreign countries because that seems to be the most precious resource we have. And when they dole that out, it's like, oh. come on, guys, can we get a little oh. bit more generous with this? Like, come on, it's unbelievable. I got yeah. Chipotle today. I got guac, and they didn't charge me for guac. Wow. And I felt now like you're winning. I wow. robbed Fort Knox. Now, both of you are eating at Chipotle. I am not worried about this you because of rice time. and beans. Okay, but yeah. you're okay with, like, didn't they have, like, a whole thing He's where everyone... He's a human trash can. He can eat anything, okay. and his stomach yeah. seems to handle it. Okay, but I'm right. saying, like, didn't they have, he like... He thinks sh- it was a conspiracy theory. Well, what's a conspiracy Well, I just think somebody did, it to, somebody did it Nicole, to Chipotle. Yeah. Right. You think someone got in there and was, like, like something on the lettuce, something like that. Right. You know, by the way, I agree. Maybe I'm going to be on your side here. That's conspiracy theory who put a coli in the chipotle stuff and listen i wasn't really against it when they did have the e. coli thing going on the lines were <laughs> the lines were short it was great to get lunch it well was yeah because you got the rice and beans i mean bam you know it's not uh, bad. in and out all right check out the league check out uh of course how did this get made old what else? episodes of the league check out old episodes what the else? league is done yeah we'll go uh, on fx yeah, 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 what else but, are you working on right now um right now you can watch you can check out this show that i'm doing with the lonely island called party over here uh, i produced awesome. that show it's a sketch show and it's on Saturday nights at 11. If you've never seen it, you can watch this week. It's kind of a best of episode. Okay, and awesome. I'm going to be in the new uh, Andy Samberg, Lonely Island movie, Pop Star. I have a small little part Man. in that. Cool. So well, super fun. I know we got to wrap up, but I want to ask you, so working with those guys, how, how the creative juice has been flowing? I, you guys are all awesome. It's, you know, it's super fun working with those guys. They are, we were talking about this today a little bit. They're, they're like three people, but they share like one comedy brain. So it's like you get like the, like, it's almost like, Voltron, like when you were a kid of Voltron, it's like they make one super awesome, arm, yeah, yeah, like one super robot, right. but they all are under the same brain, and it's like because they each have a strength in a different way. Right. So we could work on a piece or work on something, and like Akiva has an idea, and Andy has an idea, and Yorm has an idea, and they yeah. just kind of build on each other. So it's been really fun that way. That's awesome. Sure. Congratulations. You're the man. I enjoyed it. Thanks, man. I really did. Be too. good, you, Thank you European so Long Island. Yeah, enjoy it. Really uh, nice get your, it, and I hope neither of you get a cola. Yeah, thank, thank you. I hope that you guys don't get a call. Line. God, you're the best. Stay safe at home. All right, go and uh, go live your life like Woody Allen. Bye. Hey, <laughs> you, stylish too. Yeah. Look at you today. Yeah. Dude, brand new kicks for today, dude. I f- bring my, I bring my TV kicks on, right? Like, yeah. You gotta keep that f- white. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Be good. Uh, uh, I, I know I say this almost every time we have a guest, but he was one of my favorites. Are you gonna go off again? I am. I would, I'd say he's top five. Man, he was hilarious. I'm going to put awesome. him up there with Idris Elba. I'll say it right now. Yeah, he was definitely up it. there. He was fun. He was a lot of fun. We could have done whatever with him. And then my improv blew you out of the water. So, like, it was a great episode. Yeah, well, now that he told you to be yourself, <laughs> the fact I shouldn't have put you in the lunch line. Because, of course, you know what to do in the lunch oh, line. I'm the, the, I'm the, yes. A uh, little upset about Ace Ventura, too. Oh, oh, shocker. Are you kidding me? We should have an episode of this podcast where we watch scenes of Ace Ventura 2 and then just break it down. Yeah, let's not waste our just time or the viewers. Just like a movie special watching Ace Ventura 2. Yeah. Uh, we don't got a lot of time, do yeah, we? it's time to wrap it up, my friend. All right. Did we miss any other sports subjects that I could just throw crap at right away, right uh, now? And just sure. St- Look, really, let's do rapid fire Sims. Russell Westbrook. Oh, man. He's amazing. Would Great. somebody just start saying that he's better than Kevin Durant? He's that better was my than point. Kevin Durant. I, I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Are you Hot watching basketball? One, Chris Sims. All right, yes. Uh, you can also. Well, Westbrook, the thing I love about Westbrook is also, that's where I wanted to say, De- at least in my lifetime, since 1980 on, he is certainly one of the, I'm going to say, three best athletes in oh. the history of basketball. I've never seen someone move Explosive, the ball speed, that quickness, fast. right, all those things. It's Two, I've officially won our bet between the Warriors and the Spurs because Damn. the Spurs were eliminated. Spurs, so now what you the hell are you stuff. doing? And uh, really quick thing, what do you think about it being revealed that LeBron – uh, got paid a billion dollars by Nike on a lifetime contract. I, I mean, uh, there's part of me that thinks a billion was a low number for LeBron. 
I don't for even, a lifetime. Yeah, I hear you. You're right. Probably, but either way, like I, mean, I feel like each of his shoes does. Are like, people mad out there that he's getting a billion dollars? No, I just think it's one of those things where people hear that number and they're just like, oh, and they don't know. Like what I, Mar- Mark Jackson last night on the Oklahoma uh, or during the Raptors Cavs game, he goes. He goes, I read an article recently where people said, you know, it went Michael, and then it went to Kobe, and now it's Steph Curry's league. Are you kidding me? Whoever wrote that article is an idiot. I don't think it was ever Kobe's uh, league. No, it was never Kobe's league. And I, I don't know. I, you know you know me. Le- LeBron James is the second best basketball player I've ever seen. Last thing, do you think Jordan will be famous in perpetuity right. because of the brand and the, like, like the logo and all that right. stuff? It was great timing. He'll never, go, he'll never go away. No. Can LeBron have that? That same length of post career as Jordan. I do think he can. I don't know if it'll be as strong because of the Jordan brand is so strong. I also think Jordan, Jordan in, came in retrospect with history, right. has no blemishes. He never lost a final. He, he never did never a really smart not, thing and went and played baseball for two years where it, it really saved him. It saved him. Yeah. That was a big thing because the chances of them, us sitting here going, man, the Bulls won eight in a row. They're pretty unlikely. Come on. Yeah, I mean, there's all I mean, the rumors about what really happened. But I think that uh, LeBron, I don't think anyone could ever be the Jordan. Because there's something about getting in before a certain era. Yeah. And that era was the positivity era. Right. Everything on TV was great, and it was true, and it was awesome. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I think Kobe could have a Jordan-esque like post career because of the love for him in Asia, and I don't think the Asian market has been tapped into as concentrated as the American market is. Huh. And their love for Kobe is insane. Wow! There is an article about that starts about Kobe that when he took a trip to Asia, that there was a guy that slept above a doorway for two to three days, and he plopped down in front of Kobe just so that when he did that, Kobe would make eye contact, and he goes, "Kobe, I love you." And then he was immediately re- all he wanted was eye contact. Contact with Kobe. That's the love for Kobe in Asia because they love his killer instinct, like being kind of rude and domineering. Right, and all like stuff. you know, because LeBron going to six straight NBA Finals, he doesn't have killer instinct. That's it doesn't exist. There six it is. Six straight NBA Finals. Episode sixty-three of the podcast. That was fun. Paul Shear was, awesome. was awesome. Josh Fendrick. I thought that was great. Good night, everybody. Hey, great. See it's you your week. show. Glad you thought all it was right, good. All right, Gabe, put your fingers up there and uh, let them know what is going. Those things are in trouble this weekend. Control room, you guys are amazing as always. Thank you for being you. And oh, uh, <laughs> you real funny. No wonder. Stuyvesant wants to sleep. Didn't do all stuff. Look at Nelson back there with Canvasser. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Even Michelle's trying to lean down. All right, you guys are awesome. As always, uh, thank you for subscribing. Audio Boom, check it out. Uh, iTunes, subscribe, leave us a comment. And uh, we'll see you next week for episode 64. Peace, homies.